Hello and welcome to We Need to Talk, a podcast where two best friends talk all things current affairs and our version of pop culture. Everything we say is all just our own thoughts and opinions on things we're interested in and we hope you are too. Now, on to the podcast! So Claudia, have you seen It's a Sin? Oof. (laughs) Yes, I have. Well, we We need need to to talk. So, before we get into this crazy episode, because we all know it's going to be a rollercoaster from now on. (laughs) Okay, but first... Yeah, first, always first. How are you? How are you? This is the part of the podcast where we ask each other how we've been, because we believe it's important to check on the people you love. So it's been a long week, (laughs) just put it that way. You know what it actually has? Yeah. The weekend was lovely. Yes, it was. Great weekend. But then the actual working week was just like dragging on and on. And I had some down days. Yeah. But (laughs) today was good. Today I went into central London. I got some Maccas. Mm. I got... A bubble waffle, sat in Piccadilly Circus, had that, and just felt, like, revived. So that was really nice. Like, I really needed that to get out of my area and just do something different. Bit of air, bit of Yeah, and just not be in my head about, like, work or lockdown or anything. Yeah, exactly. So, hanging in there, I'm good. Feeling better. Yeah. We're taking each day as a new day aren't absolutely we? like even if we have a bad down day yeah. we're gonna move on the next morning we need to yeah i called i didn't call you but i i sent you a very hefty voice note yesterday just me yeah, struggling with a day and then i also called my mom and she literally yeah. told me she's like claudia tomorrow's a new day just See? leave this one behind and she sent me a clip she's a wise woman she sent me a <laughs> clip of gone with the wind <laughs> of like the what main character getting like broken up with and she's like crying oh on the stairs God. and then she goes but tomorrow is a new day <laughs> why are you and your mum the same person? Like, why is that something you would do? It is. Like, uh, what? She's such a babe. I know, that was funny. But... she That is literally going to be you in your own. (laughs) (laughs) That's me now. (laughs) Yeah, it actually is. But how are you? Yeah, I've been the same. Like, a few ups and downs this week, to be honest. Like, I think I'm coming on because... Yay. I'm feeling quite heavy and drained. Yeah. And like, I'm just feeling like I don't want to do anything or go anywhere. I just want to curl up in my room. Yeah. But also feeling like I want to be anywhere but my room and inside and I just want to run around outside. Oh, dude, I completely, completely get you what you I mean. mean? <laughs> yes. Like, I'm like, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to speak to anyone. But then I'm also like, I really need my friends and I really want to hug all my friends definitely (laughs) yeah so that's where i'm at right now (laughs) yeah so that's a catch 22 i definitely felt like i wanted to hug all my friends after watching it's a sin that oh i was like i need to tell my friends i love them (laughs) like i really do (laughs) mate literally oh so without further delay let's talk about it's a sin let's just get right into it oh my god yeah we wanted to do a little warning beforehand didn't we yeah basically we're going to be talking about this new show that came out on channel four called it's a sin and we will be talking about all the topics that revolve the show but also there are going to be spoilers so if you're planning on watching it which you should oh god yeah then maybe hold this one off (laughs) until you finish the episode Mm. and then you can come back and feel all the feels yeah, with yeah. us. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but oof. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yep, here we go. I'm not ready. <laughs> Bitch, I wasn't either. Oh, God, okay. yeah. No one was. <laughs> so it's a sin created by Russell T. Davis. The absolute legend. Legend. <laughs> legend i really love him oh my like, what a genius yeah he's he's a, a genius. real like 
icon of mine and like a real inspiration of mine has been for many many years mm. especially in like the lgbtq well yeah exactly community and like representation yeah he wow is every like his show queer as folk was the first ever televised gay kiss wow so really that proves how much of a legend he is yeah He's in it to win it, bitch. For real. I mean, he won. He, <laughs> he really won. won with this one. He really did. A lot of people are actually saying this is his best show ever. I mean, I've never seen... I don't think I've seen any of the other ones, but, like, he was saying in interviews he feels like his whole career was kind of, like, he's glad he wait- he waited this long to make yeah. this because it really is the peak of his career. <sighs> like, it's his best work I'm so yet. glad to be alive <laughs> for this. honestly so okay so (laughs) should we explain oh yeah (laughs) this is (laughs) yeah let's get into it so do you want to like explain the crux of it the whole show okay so you actually recommended this show to me i did and it's five episodes on channel four they're all like 40 minutes each so it's very digestible bingeable yeah and it basically revolves around the story of, what, five different characters? Yeah, I would say five. About five main ones, but there are so many storylines within yeah. it. Um, and it's based in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And these five characters all moved to London right at the time where the AIDS pandemic or epidemic was beginning. During their uni experience. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that tells you the kind During of their age. uni, like, first jobs, exactly. Yeah. And it's just so fun to watch. Every character has so much substance. Mm-hmm. Every character is so different. Yep. And it it's so real, and it's just everything's beautifully portrayed how yeah. it must have been in the UK. Oh, yeah, in London. Yeah. How... It just kind of, it shows how it was lived and like what actually happened. And it is based on true stories and anecdotes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that is literally it. Like, Russell T. Davis said that there have obviously been other shows surrounding the AIDS epidemic, but Mm -hmm. there has never really been one that showed it in terms of like, the way the UK kind of handled it. It's always been uh, from American perspectives because Mm -hmm. that is kind of where it started and that's where it was biggest for a long time. Yeah. Whereas in England, it wasn't acknowledged for many, many years. So that's why he was like, he felt like this was a really good and different perspective on the whole situation which had never been done before. 100%. I was not expecting it to be so good. And oh my God. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, like everything about it. Yeah. Like the cast, the writing, just like the, the visuals. I don't know. Yeah, cinematography. <laughs> the sets and the visuals. Yeah, yeah the cinematography. That's the mm. one. Everything is just it's perfect. Perfect. Like it's so well made. Honestly. Mm. I watched an interview with the creator who was obviously russell t davis and then mm-hmm. like the producer the director and like the head of channel 4 drama in the interview that i watched um it was really interesting because russell kind of went into how he came up with the stories and like the narrative of it um and yeah. he was saying obviously like you said earlier it it was based on people he actually knew. It was based on, like, some yeah. of his experiences that he had. And he was saying the timeline of the show, because it goes through the whole of the 80s and pinpoints certain years. Yeah, it says at the beginning, it's kind of like they're all a year or two apart. Yeah. But it's all very cohesive. Mm, and during some of the episodes, they moved on a couple of years as well. So yeah. it was the span yeah. of like 10 years throughout five episodes. Yeah. And he said yeah. that the timeline in the show actually matched up to his timeline. Yeah. In 81, he like turned 18, same as the characters, and went yeah. to university for the first time. And so the timeline of the show is actually true to the timeline that he 
experienced things. And he said that all of his gay friends moved to London and all went to university there and they all moved in together and they called their house the Pink Palace. The Pink Palace. Exactly. Yes. So that's actually true. (gasps) Imagine. Like that was based on true events and then each character was based on people he knew as well. But like he said, Colin, your fave character. (laughs) Um, Yes. (laughs) He was based on someone he dated back in the 80s. And this person actually did training in tailoring and actually went to New York and had to like do all this stuff in New York to do tailoring. So Colin's story was like quite true i i just want to take colin and put him in my pocket and I bring him know. with me everywhere like don't you just want to hug him i literally just want to like give him a kiss on the head every night yeah oh god so honestly within the first episode you get to know all the characters yeah oh fun fact ollie i mean sorry richie, richie yeah is played by ollie alexander which is the lead singer in years and years I love them. So that's I really love them. And apparently oh the, God, the full title of the show is It's a Sin, colon, Years and Years. That's like the full no. title. And then, because I saw that somewhere and I was like, I don't know, what's that? And then I watched an interview and Ollie said when he saw that Russell T. Davis was doing a show, he saw that it was called Years and Years. And then obviously his band is called Years and Years. So he was like, it was meant yeah. to be. <laughs> Richie yeah. is um the first character that comes on screen. Most would say he is the main character. Yeah, he's just from a small English town that's obviously, I mean, in the 80s, everywhere was sort of like behind in that Yeah, sense. everywhere except like London, I guess. Yeah. He, his family is very, very traditional, not open to any of this <laughs> at no. all. Like they wanted him to do law and then he wanted to pursue acting. Yeah. He moves to London and has his first experiences with men. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. like sexual experiences. Mm-hmm. Honestly, everyone in this show is so beautiful mm. to look at. Yeah, also. they're just, they're all stunning. You know, when someone becomes more beautiful because of they're a good person on the inside. Yes, like, I feel like yes. Jill exuberates beauty and radiance because her character is so beautiful in the inside yeah you know what I mean so Richie meets Jill at uni yeah Mm -hmm. and then through her he meets Ash and like (laughs) all the other gays like come following her along and they all always meet at this same bar slash club which Roscoe works at well he only got the job after so Roscoe's family super religious super like yeah against anything queer yeah (laughs) so the way that you get introduced to him is like i think they're african they're an african household and they're very quite religious and they're kind of i remember a scene at the like i think it's in the first episode where all of the aunties and uncles are like holding hands and they're like praying and they're like singing these praising songs and one of them is holding open a newspaper and the headline of the newspaper yeah. is like something about gays. And so they're like praying the gay yeah. away. And, and Roscoe's just sitting there. Honestly. Like wanting to kill himself. Like, Yeah, I remember that. But then his but, scene oh my is God, so iconic. Such he's so iconic. A queen. He's so iconic. Like the first episode yeah. when they're like, do you either be normal or go back to Nigeria? Yeah. And then he literally is. just says, fuck off, dad. Like, comes, comes down in down a little skirt. in like... <laughs> crop top yeah. like looking gorgeous Eyeshadow, makeup we love. runs away well struts away struts not runs away, away in the rain and it's beautiful yeah, yeah. and then um colin is from south wales yeah. his his mother is lovely though oh, unlike the rest she was amazing and he also ends up moving in with everyone at the pink palace yeah. but before that he was staying in like this spare room at this family's house yeah yeah, so when he first moved to London, he obviously, because he didn't go to the uni, he just started working in the tailors straight away. I think yes, he just yes. kind of moved in maybe with a family friend or something. 
who lived in London yeah. at the time. And then when he he went to the gay bar, and that's when yeah. all of the other main characters who were already friends at that point, they bought him a drink and they were like, cheer up, you little fucker. And then like he went back <laughs> to their place for a party and realised they had a spare room. It was crazy. And that's when yeah. he moved in. Amazing. Yeah. And then that was the start of the Pink Palace. Yeah, so Just that's to awesome. Briefly. Mm-hmm. What I noticed, like, as I was watching the show, obviously, like, the character dynamics were incredible like genuinely Mm -hmm. what the director also said well the creator is like he wanted you to watch this and want to be part of the house and that's exactly what he did yeah and but yeah I it was just so fun to watch like obviously it progressively get more intense but as you said it's like obviously it revolves around quite a heavy topic but it's not heavy to watch at all like it's just so enjoyable like you want to keep watching you're so invested in everyone in the show and it gives you a bit of an insight in the 80s how fucking wild it was (laughs) bitch honestly it really reminded me of people i know in brighton like the whole chosen family thing like that is exactly what it is like where you meet people that understand you on like a level that you maybe don't get at home or like yeah it's all about life and like living and partying and like having fun like that really reminded me of people i know in brighton because yeah they do that they like live to have fun and like yeah i was like it was really like, triggering me back to like certain like times during university which made me feel really happy because i'm glad i have those memories Aww. of like such amazing people the people that I find that are most fun to be around have often gone through something a bit yeah. harder and that's why they don't yeah. take life for granted. Like, they will have as much fun yeah. as they can because they know what it's like to be on, like, the darker side of things. Exactly. And I think that what a lot of the characters show as well. And with, like, the whole how they do really care about each other so much and, yeah. like, how they're basically a family. It kind of showed you the whole chosen family thing. Obviously, how different views were back yeah. then on queer culture. Yeah. Like, it was quite hard to watch at times, Mm. especially when the whole Section 28 came up a lot. So Section 28 of the Local Government Act was enacted in 1988. Okay. So quite late 80s. Yeah, late 80s. But basically what it did was it kind of prohibited the promotion of teaching and accepting of anything to do with homosexuality. Which is insane. And it was, the law was partly inspired by a 1983 storybook called Jenny Lives with Eric and Martin. (laughs) Okay. Which aimed to give children information about different types of family relationships. So it was about a little girl that lived with her two dads. And that obviously was shocking and disgusting. Mm. So they decided to ban it and just- That's awful basically ban anything to do with homosexuality in education. They showed that in an episode, didn't they? Because Ash went into teaching and he was basically, like, there was a scene that showed what it was like at work for him. So, and all the other teachers were basically really homophobic and awful. And one of the teachers got him to go through every single library book and, like, take out anything that was remotely to do with homosexuality. Yeah. I think that was such a powerful scene and it was so well Mm. made because it's everything, it shows everything he would have wanted to to say and then what he actually yeah. said because yeah. he didn't want to get in trouble mm. but he was basically just expressing how there's there was literally nothing in traditional literature that promoted homosexuality our like, history nothing. Was not, is not taught and that's still it's like, not it wasn't represented at all no. but what all he said was like oh maybe in this book there's yeah like one a hint of he it like pushed forward like one book and was like it might be in that but he basically made this yeah. whole speech about how like lgbt figures are not taught in schools and like the history is not taught in schools and it was a really yeah. good scene such yeah. a good scene just to finish off the law was then stopped in Scotland in the two th- in 2000 and the rest of the UK in 2003 which Bitch. isn't that far back. But you know what that really confuses me because I've mentioned this in a previous episode but the whole like news story that happened 
literally last year or at max two years ago the whole lgbt families not being taught in schools up north Mm, yeah so clearly that wasn't stopped in 2003 because there were literally petitions to stop the education system from including lgbt families in yeah some of the classes so it wasn't even like sex education it was literally just yeah teaching that there are different types of families and different types of people and that was still god forbid <laughs> like, did you know that homosexuality had only been legal since 1967? It bitch. really wasn't long ago. It really wasn't long ago. I know. And that's why it was so taboo still in the 80s, because it really yeah. hadn't been that long. And that it's that's also why places like London were so wild, because it was kind of like... like all the gays flocked to London. Literally, obviously people would do whatever the fuck they wanted in private, mm. but the fact that it was legal and there were places for you to go to be with people you could relate yeah. to like of course you you'd go and be crazy be with your people <laughs> you gotta be with your people yeah yeah absolutely like they were saying because you know you were saying um earlier like the cast and the characters were really like loving they were saying something mm. that it was like to do with it being more relatable for younger audiences so russell did that yeah. intentionally because apparently for the like first couple of episodes he wanted to show the characters and their lives and like how much life they had and how much fun they had and he wanted you yeah. to like fall in love with the characters before introducing the tragedy because it showed that these were literally just, yeah it, sh- it showed that they were human yeah. and they were just living their lives and they were like 18 yeah at university just beginning their lives and they had these big dreams and big personalities yeah and then this awful thing like hit everyone at once and it all happened so quickly and that's exactly what he did <laughs> like that's yeah he also said in an interview he's like i've got people in my family that are that age like 18 mm. and stuff and they know absolutely nothing about Literally. this and it's a great way it's it is really educational mm. and it's a great way for them to be introduced yeah, it's so educational and i was telling you like something else obviously it's fun and great to mm-hmm. watch but the more i watch that the more i'm like shit i really don't know anything about this literally and obviously against you know it it does surround aids and like a lot of people a lot of characters show symptoms or like others actually get the disease and yeah it shows such different sides of how it can hit you and i had no idea that any of those were symptoms or That's like exactly what how it began said. like yeah. how it hit you so we did a bit of research on the actual HIV. So the definition of AIDS is an acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, which is a chronic, potentially life-threatening condition caused by the human immunodeficiency virus, which is HIV. Okay. Um, So this damages your immune system and then HIV interferes with your body's ability to fight infection and disease. Yes. So it starts off as HIV and it can develop into AIDS, Mm. which is like something very simple, but I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know that. A lot of people that I've spoken to that have watched the show, they were like, oh, as soon as the show was over, I researched into like properly what like AIDS and HIV were because we had no clue. And I'm like literally that's why these shows are so important because it is Mm -hmm. literally our history and it is ignored yeah it is completely ignored but it was this thing this real thing that happened to real people and this show portrays that so so well it shows how real it was and therefore it like intrigues people to find out more after and like look into Mm -hmm. it so much more. The first case known as AIDS was reported in the United States in 1981. So like at the very beginning of the 80s. Yeah. Which is, it's when the show begins. Mm -hmm. Because in the show they mention that it's this foreign disease that's like only in America. the American. It's an American Mm. thing. It's nothing to do with the UK. But then obviously it trickles in. Yeah, and it really does it so well to show the process through, like, the exposure they had to it. Because I remember at the beginning, like, small details. For example, they showed the whole, like, ooh, mysterious illness hit, like, whatever, whatever. And it was so written, like, in the little corner of the newspaper. Like, one little poster, like, Mm -hmm. nobody really talked about it. And they didn't even know what it was. And, like, when characters surrounding the main ones started to get it or, like, feel ill... 
they kept saying it was cancer or it was like chest infections, mm. the gay flu. Yeah. Or what else did they call it? The gay plague. Yeah. So I think a lot of people that called it the gay plague were the ones that believed that it was God punishing oh, gays. Oh yeah, definitely. For their sins. Um, it was also known as GRID at one point, gay related immune deficiency syndrome thing. And it was very hard to watch because they didn't know what it was. No. And as you said, like there was so much shame surrounding it. Oh yeah. They literally show you how those patients were treated. They were just locked away. Nobody touched them. Yeah. Because they believed it was contagious back then. Yes. Which then they discovered like it's contagious through fluids and blood. Yeah. But there was actually no effective treatment until 1996. So imagine that's like 16 years of them just dealing with it. Imagine how many people died. Like that is crazy. And the death was really quite quick. It was either quick or it could take a few years. Yeah, so that's like what kind of confused me as well. Like, did you say earlier that the HIV comes first or the AIDS comes first? The HIV, because what causes AIDS is basically your body's immune system turns really shit and you can't fight any just... Okay, so I think you can have HIV for years and then when it develops into AIDS, that's when you don't have long to live anymore. Yes. Because they were saying, like, I saw the director, Peter... He was saying that when working with the editor, who was a woman, yes. I know, right? Sarah Brewerton, I think that's how you pronounce mm. it. Because a lot of people have commented on like how fast paced the show was and like how yeah. jam packed it was. So he was saying it like really was. a lot happened. Like when he first got the script, he read through literally the first episode's script and like fell in love with it immediately and was like attached and like was crying and like laughing and like literally just reading it straight away that like they could tell it was something special and he was saying like he wanted to get everything in so on the set it was really quite manic Mm. a lot of the times because you wanted to get everything in and then when editing it they edited it really sharp like quick quick and they punctuated a lot of it with the music which is also was also amazing in the show i loved the soundtrack (sighs) honestly they did that because it kind of reflected the mindset of people during Mm -hmm. the pandemic like there was a lot of misinformation which they addressed in the show as well um nobody really knew what was going on and it kind of hit people out of nowhere but it also because nobody really believed exactly so they were saying that they intentionally put in characters that didn't believe anything about it and they intentionally put in characters that wanted to find out more information about it who was obviously Jill and they were going through all of this at the same time as Mm. being teenagers so they were 18 19 20 and even if this like AIDS epidemic wasn't going on at the time it's a really manic mindset and age to be in anyway so that he was saying like the reason they cut it so quickly just brilliant I know is because like one minute the characters could be in this really dark place and the next second they'll be like everyone get your stuff together like we're going out we're gonna have some fun and like it can switch like that and that's what they wanted to do with the editing like that's why it's so fast and it keeps you on your feet and it just keeps going mm. going going and like so much shit happens in one episode but that's what makes the viewer want to watch next episode as well because it's like fucking hell so much has just happened what is gonna happen next and that's exactly how I I think I found it really interesting watching it during a pandemic yes because it honestly there were a lot of similar traits to this where a lot of misinformation at the beginning yeah. but then like a lot of paranoia yeah. and fear mm-hmm. and just like you don't know what the symptoms are you don't know what's going to happen some people believe it some people yeah. don't like it was really interesting mm. and I think it added to the experience it even does, though that was a lot yeah. more I mean they're both equally as bad but now because of things that like that that have happened yeah. Like, we're more prepared for it because, you know, we've lived through pandemics before. Well, that's the thing. In the interview, like, Russell T. Davis was saying, like, they were trying to think of similarities between now and what happened. And, like, 
he was saying on the news, loads of reporters are like, this is our big pandemic, like, this is the pandemic of our lifetime, blah, blah, blah. And Russell kept saying, like, well, actually, no, we've, we have been through other ones before, but the public yeah. just choose to ignore certain ones. Exactly. That's what you choose to Exactly. Ignore. And they were saying, like, a massive difference between this one and the AIDS pandemic was that the AIDS one was ignored for years yeah. and years and years because of who was being affected by it because people were homophobic back then anyway and so yeah we were hearing whispers that there was this deadly disease going around killing mostly gay men and everyone ignored it because it didn't so everyone's them. like oh okay yeah everyone's like oh, yeah, okay we exactly. don't give a shit whereas now this one mm-hmm. is affecting everyone and we've literally come up with a vaccine in one year. Like, that yeah, literally yeah. shows the difference in, in society at the time as well. They were also saying how at one point, like, because it was only hitting homosexuals, yeah. like, they started to believe that they deserved it. And like... Yeah, this was addressed in the show It as was well. such a shameful yeah. thing. Yeah, it was quite, It was really hard to watch. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, well, it's a sin, right? To be literally, gay. It's so a sin. this is what I get. This is what... Jill was saying at the end to the mum and she was like, it's because of you that people think they deserve this shit when they fucking don't. That scene was too powerful. Like, it was amazing wasn't it like the acting on this show i swear to god the casting director is like a fucking legend at this point his name was andy Pryor, and literally in every Mm -hmm. interview that i've seen like every single person says what a genius andy is yeah because of the way that he casts this because i think he may have worked with russell before and really understands the way russell thinks and the way he writes and so he came up with this team of actors who he thought would do the jobs like correctly and everyone was just blown away because literally every actor that he picked was perfect perfect Perfect. did you know that when um ollie alexander walked in the room like he said like one line and they're like yeah I mean it's him it's Richie (gasps) (laughs) okay cool yeah they didn't even let him finish he was like this is it and this of course loved this Colin (laughs) which is played by Callum Scott Howell he's still at uni (laughs) what like bitch oh my god he's in acting school and he got the part he was in his second year when he got cast are you joking he was born in 99 what oh my god he's just so precious i watched this interview with the whole cast and with russell t davis creator and they were asking him like how was working with neil patrick harris and like you're still so young. He's like, well, I was still at uni and I just decided to audition because I read about this show and I read that Neil Patrick Harris was in it and it was by Russell T. Davis, which I grew up watching. We all love. Like his shows. So I just had to Mm. do it and he got the part and he's like, it was crazy because, oh my God, his axe. I love him. It's like, I grew up watching the Tonys and stuff streaming them illegally in my room (laughs) like hosted by neil patrick harris and then i got him to play basically my mentor on the show i know they were saying like he said that he was was literally just in awe of him the whole time he was like on set and yeah it was incredible to watch someone that is probably so inspiring for a young actor to see someone that is just so natural on stage and they also spoke to like roscoe about working with um, Stephen Fry. And he was saying, like, it was so interesting because, obviously, they all kind of felt like mentors to them. So, like, Stephen Fry was to Roscoe and, like, Neil Patrick Harris was obviously, like, another mentor. And then Jill was saying that when she met the real-life Jill, she was saying that she was, like, a mentor to her as well. And they all had these people on set with them who lived through it Mm. in real life and was, like, telling them all of these stories about what it was actually like to live through it. And just... It's beautiful. Giving them all of this knowledge to, like, soak in and bring to the character. Like, that is incredible and i really loved how every single actress spoke about each other and themselves like oh my god you could just tell it was 
so supportive and yeah. genuinely everyone was like this cast this show like they're extraordinary like outstanding job by everyone but like rightfully so yeah. and they're just like, and for a lot of them like this was basically their first like proper acting yeah. gig and are you kidding me so yet yeah, you were saying talking about Jill yeah. the woman that Jill's actually based on plays Jill's mom the on the show yeah. which is just fantastic you know how you just said that each of the actors like speak so highly of each other it was mm-hmm. really interesting because in one of the interviews they had on richie's mum the lady that plays richie's mum and she yeah. um Ooh. she was literally praising the cast so much she was like all of these people are so incredible and she started tearing up and she like started crying and she was like i've now realized i can't do a single interview about this show and about these people without crying because they're all just so incredible that it moves me every single time and she's like a she's been through it like she's older she's done she's like had her career Mm. so the fact that like these young actors can like move her every time she speaks about it like just reinforces how amazing they were it was so incredible to watch like as you said like new young generation of actors work with like a well-established experienced group and how well they work together and respect each other and Mm. again going back to (laughs) keely hawes was richie's mom well jill was saying how like hard it was to act with her in the sense of having to be so mean to her because (laughs) she's actually the loveliest person ever Mm. in real life but obviously her character was like the epitome of I'm ignoring the fact that my son is gay because I don't want to see it and it was really interesting to see yeah because she at the end just wanted to handle everything and she didn't know because she doesn't she didn't know her son and it's like she wanted to make up for a lost time but it was just so painful she was like I really want to know all of the stories and Jill was like you don't get to know the stories yeah you don't get to know him now now he's gone. The bit where she's like, he died last night. It's like, Stop. oh. <laughs> this show fucking broke me. Like, it's been so long Literally. since I've watched something that hit so hard and like, I just keep thinking about, like, I'm still thinking about it. It's been a week and it keeps breaking me. <laughs> I think one of my favorite scenes, I think I told you, and then Russell T. Davis said it was one of his favorite, and I was like, is when Richie goes back to his hometown, and like he knows by this point he has the disease, and he goes yeah. to see this boy that works at this like his local bar because I don't know he. It was like a teenage fantasy thing. Yeah, and then um obviously the scene doesn't go great he kind of tries to get with him the guy's like no what are you doing i'll drive you home they drive home Mm. they have like a heart to heart and like richie breaks down and then he's like well whatever it was nice seeing you like i'll leave now and he leaves the car he gets out the car he's like walks in front and the guy turns the the lights on and richie just stops in front of the car and does this like ballet plie yeah move situation and i was just mesmerized like yeah it was was so clever and so beautiful and i was like my jaw i was like if i wasn't crying then i'm crying now (laughs) like this show there were so many moments that so many brought you to tears because they were beautiful so mundane yeah that's what art is it can just move you yeah without words and i think that is like proof of of something that's truly beautiful like yeah he didn't say a word when he was doing his ballet moves nothing in front of the headlights it was it was all expression you could feel it within him i just got goosebumps (laughs) oh honestly it's stunning there were so many moments that's the thing there were moments but they just Mm. hit and because the episodes were so jam-packed it was like moment after moment after moment and you just keep getting hit and you're like oh god (laughs) like this is so beautiful (laughs) did you know russell t davis actually revealed the single like phrase that inspired the whole show and he's like it's actually a quote in the show but you might have missed oh my god but it's when um jill goes to gloria house so the bus driver which is like the first one in their circle to kind of like be affected by this but they didn't even find out i know and then 
when the letter gets posted and the sister stop, rips it in half stop. and throws it on the floor. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so he's starting to be ill and he calls Jill because he's like, she's the only one he trusts. And yeah, yeah. First of all, when he says, can you help me with this? And Jill kind of hesitates and then goes, okay. They yeah. said that in the script after the okay in like the stage directions, it says this okay just changed Jill's life forever. Oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> See, Jill was so such a fundamental character. Ugh. Like, everything about her. That was also the beginning of, like, her as just fucking Mother Teresa. But anyways, she goes to <laughs> Gloria's house. Yeah. And they're kind of talking about the whole, like, I think it might be AIDS. And he says, I heard there's a production of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and all seven brothers died. Yeah, um, I remember that. And, like, he heard this joke that was, like, very awful and, like, very dark humorish. Yeah. However, he was like, well, imagine if there were seven brothers in a cast and they all got wiped out and then he's like from that he's like imagine if there were seven people in a house and they all got wiped out stop yeah <laughs> and, it, and also because obviously the like connotation of like the seven brothers all fucking each other and like yeah you know yeah. so that was interesting <laughs> Yeah. to know and all the inside jokes were also real yeah there were so many real things that they put into the show like the la <laughs> yeah so tell me about that you said you find out what like that was about like yeah so they start i think after the first or second episode maybe just the first i think it was the first the, episode yeah everyone in the pink palace has like an inside joke where they greet each other with La. and he says that it was a, an inside joke like him and his mates when they were teenagers and they were all in the same youth theater and that was one of their jokes Aww. um and he's like i just it was fundamental for me to have moments like of inside jokes and stuff because they're not yeah. shown a lot on tv and it's oh god you know what that is amazing and it makes me so sad because i watched an interview and russell t davis said like because the interviewer was like oh I bet a lot of people are going to watch it and be and like recognize themselves and the characters and he was like yeah well actually like most people that the story is about died mm. during the pandemic like Fuck. they will never see this show about them <laughs> I'm like oh yeah. god I'm tearing up like I can't it's just so sad and after me and my mum watched it she was like crying her eyes out for like literally about an hour I think like after Fuck. and she was saying like what's what was getting her the most is that this was life this is not a made-up story yeah. this was actually yeah. what happened these are real people that yeah. this happened to and like that's what was getting her so much that it was real it's not some made-up story like it was just yeah. awful it's obviously it's not just entertainment like it covered so many important topics and like the the protest yes yes um, the protest. was really important and oh my God, yeah. again they were saying obviously it was such a horrible time for the community but it also instigated so much change yeah it was almost like like kind of worth not worth it but you know what i mean like silver lining type thing it did so much for the community oh yeah and fuck like that scene was really powerful as well they said it took a long time to film oh, and really? also it was really tough and also the scene where they all get in the van yes. and like Richie tells everyone that yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. it mm -hmm. oh, it was all like just an overwhelming Girl, experience you know like that's something that I noticed when speaking to other people that had watched it like multiple people said that the scene where the police officer is like beating Jill that oh my hit God. them so hard it was so hard like it oh. got them like, they cried. I can't. Like, the amount of people that told me that that was one of their trigger points for crying. Like, when Jill was getting beaten. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> because, like, obviously it wouldn't make it any better but I was expecting them like if they wanna, were gonna beat anyone I thought oh they'll beat the actual homosexuals because they're homophobic yeah but yeah. I was like out of everyone why would they beat Jill, Jill. yeah cause she was such a loved character and I think that's what got people as well like all she did was love all she, she was flawless gave out was love and they would they just tried to like beat it out of her and like she was that's awful the glue that kept everyone and everything together and mm. like she she took care of everyone and she was the one that she was the biggest ally 
ever and she was the one that wanted to know more and just thank god for was trying to it was so delicate the way she never shamed her friends but it was just a genuine concern of like look yeah say someone you sleep with gets it and then you sleep with him and you sleep with him and then you sleep with a hundred other people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like just food for thought type of thing but like she was so good about it. Yeah, like, right? she always, even when she, like, piped up and maybe the others didn't like what she was saying, it always came from a place of love. Yeah. And they never got annoyed with each other after. Like, they would always, never. like, kiss each other goodnight and, like, give out a lot of love. It yeah. never ended sour and it never turned sour because like we said earlier like this was their chosen family so you don't yeah you can't get annoyed with your chosen family because you want them exactly around. like you need them around it's for good it's like it's they love you what is best that's... for them yeah because usually these kind of characters can get a bit annoying but the, the way she everyone just was didn't. written was just so was good beautiful like russell t davis is known writing really really good younger characters because the way he writes can bring so much life to a character yeah. and that's exactly what you needed in this show because they were just young wanting to have yeah. fun and because he writes that so well I think that really came through in the show as well yeah and Jill was just like I just needed Jill in my life <laughs> like I want Jill to look Honestly, after me everybody <laughs> like, needs a Jill everybody like needs that's Jill. why it was so hard the last scene was so hard because it's like she didn't get to be with his best friend like Richie asked to see Jill. He was like, I and just want to see Jill. Was not allowed. Yeah, because in like one of his last scenes, he tells a story about how much fun he had. And he, he was saying, which is what Russell T. Davis was saying the whole time. He was like, what people are going to forget is how much fun fun we had like yes. that is what I re- want to remember in my last hours of life is the life yeah. I lived and that's what Russell was saying the whole time that's what he wants to do with the show he wants to show the seriousness of what happened but he also wants to show the lives that were lived through it as well and like not to forget yeah. those memories exactly it wasn't just a disease like exactly they were people and I was saying to you earlier like Jill so she was based on obviously Russell T Davis's friend who was actually in the show as well who played her mum but at the end she goes into the room of a stranger who didn't Mm. have anyone around him and was and sat with him and just comforted him and that is based on a different person uh, who became really famous during the AIDS epidemic and her nickname was the cemetery angel which is is quite mm-hmm. morbid but like appropriate and basically yeah. i saw an interview with her and she became famous in the 80s in the gay community because she said that she was in the hospital visiting someone just separate completely separate to the aids pandemic and she was just about to leave the hospital and she kept seeing young men in rooms by themselves like as she was walking down the corridor like yeah similar to what they show in the show and she was like wondering like why no one was around them and she like Mm. spoke to a doctor and they were like oh these boys have aids like don't don't go anywhere near them it's like contagious Mm -hmm. or like blah 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 just being like homophobic or whatever and then she said that just before she left she saw a group of nurses outside of one of the boys rooms pulling straws to see who would have to go in to give them their dinner (gasps) so literally none of them wanted to go anywhere near them so much they didn't even want to like give them food to survive and she got so angry seeing that that she was like I'll do it. She literally like went into yeah. the room and like gave this boy his food and like spoke to him. Was like, "Where's your parents? Where's your family? What's going on?" Aww. And basically found out that a lot of the patients in the hospital was when their families found out that it was AIDS, the gay disease, they were completely disowned by all of their family and friends, and therefore <sighs> a lot of them died alone, feeling like it was yeah. their fault that they deserved it, that there was something wrong with them, that like God was punishing them, and she did not want them to believe this. So basically she started visiting hospitals all around the state that she was living in and staying with these boys until they, until they took their final breaths just to tell them that they deserve to be loved and this is not their fault. And basically words spread around the gay community and they were like, there's an angel going around that's like staying with all of these gay boys. Like if anyone needs anyone to like stay with them and to like look after them, like we can get the word to her. And she basically like said during this time, she, 
really got involved with the gay community, which she had to keep everything she was doing a secret because <sighs> if it was found out that she was helping gay men, she would have been disowned by her family and stuff at that point. And she yeah. had a daughter as well and she didn't want her daughter to be taken away from her. Mm-hmm. But she went to all of these fundraisers and she was like drag queens like saved the fucking world like they put on so many charity events like they raised so much money to help these boys and she was like honestly we owe the world to drag queens because yeah they have so much love to give and they saved so many lives and i was just like damn bitch like you are (laughs) amazing that is insane that last scene it's one of the last it's one of the last scenes that is based off but i love yeah that jill kind of represents all of that yeah and i think also colin's mom kind of yes hints at it like she was such an angel too i think it was such a special moment when yeah when colin had already had his first or seizure and they're just having dinner at home in front of the tv and the mom like obviously knows something and she's like it was so subtle but so wholesome perfect it was perfect your friends like they seem nice he's like yeah (laughs) she's like bit different yeah he's like yeah she's like a bit queer (laughs) and he's like yeah and she's like that's nice isn't it and he was like, yeah. Oh my God, it's so perfect. Honestly. honestly. And then she comes rolling up at the show. protest as well. And I'm like, yes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> love yeah. her. Oh, I love it. But you know, that but got me. That bit got me. Genuinely. Where, like Colin was losing his mind a little bit because it makes you, made you go a bit yeah. senile. And he starts touching yeah. himself in the hospital bed. Like that fucking Oh, that was got so me. It was it was awful to watch that really got me but yeah because like some of the symptoms i didn't know but obviously it could start off with like fever chills rashes Mm -hmm. night sweats Mm -hmm. muscle aches fatigue ulcers etc yeah but then it can lead to weight loss, unexplained tiredness, like yeah. almost like not dementia, but sort of yeah, dementia. Yeah, kind of like you Symptoms, lose like yeah. You just lose the plot, lose memory, yeah. pneumonia, et cetera, et cetera. It's so much I didn't know. Um, I didn't either, honestly. But I was looking at what HIV is today and so many people live with it. Oh my God, yeah. Because obviously there isn't a cure, but there's a treatment that basically gives you a near to completely normal life. Mm -hmm. So Um, the treatment's called PrEP. Yes. E-R-E-P. It's this medicine you can take daily. It can make the amount of HIV in your blood very low to the point where it's like undetectable. Mm -hmm. It means that there's no risk of transmitting the HIV to an HIV negative partner through sex. Yeah, yeah. And you don't really get any symptoms. No. So you can take the pill if you have it to prevent giving it. And then I think your partner also has a choice to take a pill as well to stop them from getting it so yeah that's just kind of like double protection really like the partner doesn't have yeah. to have to take that but some of them do it's definitely under control now and yeah. a lot of the people that worked on the show actually are hiv positive and so they they know they get it they fucking know and they're saying like that they're planning to like have HIV AIDS completely eradicated by 2030, which means literally nobody in the world will have it. Because if you take Mm -hmm. this pill, which means you can't pass it on, then the people that have it now are the only people left that will have it. Unless obviously someone isn't on medication and they pass it on. Like that's the only way it can get passed on now. Yeah, Living with it now is a a lot easier and hopefully like we won't ever have to go through anything like what the show showed us ever again exactly Mm. so it was great a great representation yeah very educational beautiful to watch can't recommend it enough if you haven't watched it i mean you probably shouldn't have listened to this but (laughs) if you haven't watched it definitely watch it please please watch it honestly oh god stunning and um we definitely needed to talk about this (laughs) and we talked So that's it for this week's episode of We Need to Talk. If we forgot to mention anything or you have any questions for us, drop us a message on any of our social medias or email us on needtotalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.
Bye. Bye.